everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. For the fourth consecutive year in a row, we are going to be breaking down the Pixel Rumble, a.k.a. the Royal Rumble from WWE, which happened last night. Lots of happenings. An interesting show. Yes. Of course, is the back half of the podcast because we are a video game podcast. So that's what you get in the front half of this episode. Um, it's a light news week, thankfully. So we will be able to get through that. But before we do any of that, I have to find out what Mr. Mike over here thinks of the new Monster Hunter so that I know whether or not I need to get it as well. I uh, I like it. I, I like it. It I've never played a Monster Hunter, so um, this is a new experience for me. Um, um, it is it doesn't hold your hand like it it gives you it front loads you with a few tutorials but then it's like go and uh it's a very different game than what i was expecting um yeah you can go out into the world or at your leisure and um you know do whatever but the missions that you have are like they have fail conditions and one of them is like they're timed so you have to you have like an hour to go out and find and kill or capture the uh the different things that you need in order to you know complete the hunt or whatever. I'm only like five, six hours in. Mm. But um it's pretty cool. It's the the combat, like they give you like fourteen different weapons and like most of them feel different but they all kind of are heavy. There's a sword and shield, which is pretty basic. And there are dual like swords, which is what I use. Everything else is either a projectile, which I mean, they kind of suck in my opinion and uh, some sort of big ass club. And I'm not a big fan of big ass clubs. Like I, you know, I got to move baby. I'm like pulp. Pope can move, baby. Um, but it's it's fun. I imagine it would be fun with uh, people to play with. But I enjoy it. There's a lot to do, and it can be kind of overwhelming. So, you know, just be ready for that. Um, and then, yeah, you can play, play as Ryu eventually. <laughs> or Sakura. Or Sakura. So, there or- you go. Well, very cool. I, I'm still in the fence. Um, not like I have time for a game like that, anyway. Yeah, I would probably, I would probably hold off. You know, wait till you get it on a sale or something. That's not a bad idea. That's that's probably what I will wait for. Capcom games do tend to go on sale rather quickly, so yeah, see what happens there. So, real quick, some housekeeping. Uh, DensePixels.com/slash/premium is where you should go if you've not yet signed up for premium content. It costs you just five dollars a month or fifty dollars for the entire year so that you get access to our premium catalog of shows including the area of grievances look forward to the political podcast that we have on the network uh the men with the golden tongues micah and myself's james bond podcast and the no time to bleed our actual movie podcast it also includes video episodes of the nerdpocalypse flagship podcast that you can check out as well so again densepixels.com slash premium uh if you've not checked it out it's it's i would recommend just putting the five bucks for a month and just checking out for a month and seeing if you dig it because I guarantee 
that you'll be back with the 50 once you check it out a little bit. Um, we, uh, if you are in our fan group, there's uh, someone in our fan group who posted uh, about a, a, he was, he was going back and listening to back episodes of uh, airing of grievances. And he said that um, that episode alone of the episode called uh, titled the note, that episode is worth $50. <laughs> so testimonials, people. Like, we're not just shilling for the sake of shilling. Like, we put out uh, what we think is a pretty pretty quality product for your amusement. I would agree. Also, uh, speaking of quality products, go to YouTube.com slash DensePixels. Subscribe to this show if you've not done so yet. Hit the bell if you want to be notified when new content becomes available. Uh, at a minimum, you get this podcast every single week in video format as well. Uh, we do post Let's Plays occasionally. We post reviews occasionally. And now we are also pulling two clips from every episode of Dense Pixels that we are sharing in bite-sized format. One segment of the show on each clip uh, on YouTube. And we encourage all of you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, these clips are not for you. These are for you to share with other people. Spread the gospel. Let them know about Dense Pixels. So again, we post those YouTube clips during the week. You'll see it on Facebook. You'll see it on Twitter. Hit that share button. Let your friends know and build the audience for this podcast. We would appreciate it. But again, if you haven't been to youtube.com slash DensePixels, do that today and subscribe. And of course, uh, we are on a variety of podcatching services. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play Music. And the entire TNP family is also on Spotify. So if you use Spotify for your podcast, check us out there. We're there along with the Nerdpocalypse, along with Black on Black Cinema. You can subscribe and listen to all our shows through Spotify as well. So new releases this week. Uh, Micah is prepared to lose the next 300 hours of his life. <laughs> City of Final Fantasy NT. Uh, Micah, of course, infamously spent 330 hours maxing out every single character in the original Dissidia for PSP. Crazy. And now they have uh, a couple more characters, so it'll be even longer. Yeah. So look forward to that if you're a PS4 owner. Uh, if you're a PS4 or an Xbox One owner, you can check out EA Sports UFC 3. So if you loved all of the proposed microtransaction loot box shenanigans that was coming to Star Wars Battlefront before they immediately reverse course. Well, and you and you're just, and you're like to yourself, man, I really wish that we had that system, but in a fucking combat sports fighting game. Well, guess what? You have EA Sports UFC three. Where after where you know you can create a create a UFC MMA fighter, and then after every match you get to open a loot box to see if you can upgrade one of the stats. <laughs> Sounds like I'm joking. I'm really not. I can't wait to see a review score for that game. They're going to be fucking terrible. I never uh, got into the uh, UFC uh, games. Nor have I. Nor have I. Yeah, I I just, um, I don't know if it's because I don't follow UFC religiously. Like, my my, uh, interest in UFC is to see people hit each other. That's about it. You know, hopefully I see a knockout and I get I get really upset if I don't see like someone get hit in the face and then they automatically do that like mortal mortal combat rigor mortis thing where they just fucking <laughs> fall down. Um, I mean from from everyone that I've that I've talked to, and it's not many people who play those games, I get the sense that the THQ ones were a little bit better mm. than, than the EA sports renditions have been. And like I said, I can't imagine that it's going to get much better when you're uh, inserting microtransactions, for, forcing 
microtransactions into the mix. <laughs> so good on you. Good guy, EA. We'll talk about you guys later in the show. And then uh, on the digital side of things, it is a new month coming up around the corner. Therefore, there are new games with gold titles. Um, I'd say Xbox did a fair job redeeming themselves in February. January is a lackluster. February seems decent. Um, so for the first, for the entire month of February, rather, you get access to Shadow Warrior, which Terrence talked about a few episodes ago, and I think he enjoyed, and especially for free, you got to enjoy it for free. Yeah. That'll be available the entire month of February. Uh, from the back half of February on through the first half of March, you get Assassin's Creed Chronicles India. So if you like your Assassin's Creed two-dimensional, then you should check out Assassin's Creed Chronicles India. And uh, on 360, it's actually a pretty damn good month. So from the February 1st to the 15th, you get the completely underrated and underappreciated racing game Split Second, which is a game that's uh, near and dear to my heart. Did you play Split Second? I did play Split Second. I got tired of it really, really quickly. Yeah, see, I liked it a lot. And so did Terrence, for that matter. Well, Terrence likes like most racing games, right? I don't know if he likes most racing games, but I know I know he likes Split Second. And he I has a very I, discerning taste when it comes to racing games. So look, it's fun. Probably if, you like the, word for it. if you like the calamity of burnout and you like like the destructibility of like destructible environments, check out Split Second. You'll be glad you did. It's I, it's got a great gimmick. I just uh felt like I felt like there needed to be more courses or something. Like that's, was that's something a fair argument to make. Um it seemed like a great first effort that would have benefited from a sequel. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. The game didn't do that great. Um, and then the second half of the month, uh, Crazy Taxi, the Dreamcast favorite, comes to you for free. Uh, same Crazy Taxi without the soundtrack that was memorable. For- Yo, are you for real? Uh, I think some, I don't think they got, I don't know if it's that they didn't get some of the songs or if they had to completely replace the soundtrack for licensing issues. The crazy taxi is the only reason why I know who the offspring are. <laughs> <laughs> like if I can't get I can't. the only reason that you would ever know. Yeah. <laughs> that and idle hands are like the only, the only, the only contributions to popular culture. That yeah. For a white uh, yeah. Like that guy who looks like a cross between uh, Jake Busey and Andy. Like the lead <laughs> like that's that's well, how I know him. Andy, instead of like pegging me with generic white guy with black, <laughs> to get another fucking chubby white dude. Well, I'm not. I'm not Jay. I'm not Jay. Who no. apparently thinks you look like Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Johnny's also a culprit when it comes to that. <laughs> um, what which ECW wrestler used used uh, keep them separated for a theme song? I can't remember. I can't remember. One of them did. I can't remember which one. Um, also on digital, uh, Railway Empire, uh, which looks like a train game of sorts coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, Striker's Edge, a medieval dodgeball game. Yes, you heard that right, coming to PS4. And then Wolverblade, uh, a side-scrolling beat-em-up, uh, which I, we just had a listener uh, last week in Question of the Week that was uh, saying, where are all the beat-em-ups? Well, here's Wolverblade listener who i can't remember which listener that was last week that said that on ps4 and xbox one overblade w-l-v-e-r blade not wolfer blade uh all right well it looks like uh castle crashers it's 
So there you go. Casual Crashers meets Golden Axe, basically. That's what it looks like to me. There you go. And uh, release date announcements. There's only one, but it's a big one. Uh, God of War finally getting a release date. Uh, it is coming out on April the 20th. So, Isn't that uh, Pothead Day? It's Pothead Day. It's also Nintendo Labo Day. Uh, Taking a backseat to Nintendo Labo as God of War. You know what? Nintendo, again, they know what they're doing. You get a bunch of people <laughs> fucking high on marijuana. And they'll think that pl- putting their goddamn wheeze inside cardboard boxes is a good idea. It's a good, uh, it's a good Hank Hill pronunciation there of mar- marijuana. <laughs> marijuana. Nice job. Um, so we only have five stories this week. So Mike is going to handle them all before we get to the, the, the main event per se. Of the yes. Show. Yes. Uh, first up in headlines. Uh, Epic Games is closing down Paragon. Paragon was the in my hand right now, so that I could do the Ron Burgundy. Boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> Paragon is slash was the multiplayer online battle arena title. Uh, they're shutting it down on April twenty sixth. Um, they said that the servers are going to go off that day and they, uh, they sent out an apology, uh, that reads as follows. Hey everyone, it's with heavy hearts that we've decided to close down Paragon. We truly appreciate everything you've put into Paragon. We received many, we received many passionate ideas for where to take the game. The outpouring of thoughtful suggestions is another reason why we're closing down. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was say, I'm sure I'm sure all the armchair quarterbacking. Was really <laughs> game designers. I, I, I say that in jest. I'm sure they rely on their communities to for a lot of good ideas and a lot yeah. of, well, look, if you got a vision, like you got to see it through. I'm just saying you can't, you can't, you can't take ideas from the peanut gallery. Like the best movies, uh, the the most well written movies usually have one or two writers, not four or five. Uh, after careful consideration and many difficult internal debates, we feel there isn't a, a clear path for us to grow Paragon into a MOBA that retains enough players to be sustainable. We didn't execute well enough to deliver on the promise of Paragon. We have failed you, despite the team's incredible hard work, and we are sorry. To make things right, Epic is offering a full refund to every Paragon player for every item purchased on any platform. This refund will come directly from Epic rather than your platform provider. God damn. (laughs) refund for anything ever. (laughs) I'm impressed. Yeah, man. Good on you, Epic. They got that Fortnite money now. They don't need to to fucking work with that. (laughs) Flushing money down the toilet for fucking Paragon. Like, do you know how rich we are from fucking Fortnite? Like, since that Battle Royale came out, do you understand how much money is flowing into Fortnite that we can take the probably tens of millions of dollars that was invested in development on Paragon and, and, and the millions of dollars that we've received for Paragon purchases and be like, yeah, you good, man. Get that money back. <laughs> it must be nice to have money like that. Yeah. Either that or it was only five people playing the damn thing. So it's like, <laughs> ah, whatever. <laughs> so they, I mean, so according according to the article, 
Um, at one time, they had more than 7 million registered players. Uh, but registered the player. population was far below that, especially towards the end of the game's uh, lifespan. I didn't realize that the game never actually left beta. It's still been in beta this entire time. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. I thought uh, as much as I've seen like a couple people playing it, that they were like, they really enjoyed it, you know, for what it was. And um, this, I mean, I think the the refund thing takes what would have been a potentially really awful and really bad bad situation for Epic, and actually makes it kind of okay. Yeah, it's all good, man. Hey, I mean, listen, it's, it sucks for fans of Paragon. Um, it sucks for the people that worked hard in that game, but when you can, even if you dumped hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars into that game, the fact that you that you're getting that all back because because they felt that they failed you and couldn't make a product that got enough people to stick around, that's I mean I wouldn't expect every company to do that, but that's a pretty good that's that's a pretty good on you by uh by Epic Games. I wouldn't expect any company to do that. Um, so yeah, hey man. You get an attaboy, Epic. I mean, your attaboy was undercut by the fact that you failed, but you know, you're 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 you you've leveled out. You've leveled out. Uh speaking of things that are closing, Mitomo, Nintendo's debut smartphone app, will soon go dark on May 9th at 12 a.m. Pacific time. Uh yes. Yes. Um, Nintendo will terminate me to the Miitomo social network. I forgot this thing was a thing. Um, me too. I totally forgot it existed. Yeah. Um, once, uh, here's a list of things that you, that will not work on me. To- uh, you know what? Who cares? Nobody has it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, the only, the only thing that Mitomo's lasting legacy will be is the fact that it 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 was the toe dipped in the water of the mobile space for Nintendo that eventually led to things like Super Mario Run and Pokemon Go and yeah Fire Emblem and whatever else they come out with down the road. That is literally its only contribution to to the, our gaming culture. Mitomo is the Crispus Crispix addicts of fucking video games it is the first person to go out there and die and it was it was it was the thing that let nintendo know that you know it it was it was the tip of the of the uh mobile penis that is trying to penetrate nintendo and and <laughs> Nintendo was like, all right, you know, this was okay. You know, your first time's kind of weird. You know, you don't really, you don't really know what you're doing. Then all of a sudden, you get Mario, and Mario's a prostitute, man. Like he, Mario knows what he's doing, and uh, he and he knows how much to charge it too, because a whole lot of people bought it. And not, not enough, apparently. Uh, no. <laughs> So there you go, Mitomo. Uh, next up, Microsoft announced that it is uh, it has acquired PlayFab, a provider of services for cloud-connected games. Uh, PlayFab describes itself as the most complete back-end platform built exclusively 
for live games and touts its ability to support mobile, PC, and console platforms. Kareem Chowdhury said that the acquisition would extend the investments and work Microsoft has done on Azure to provide a world-class cloud platform for the gaming industry. Do you think that uh, with this acquisition, uh, I mean, we, I know we already have uh, cloud platform-based gaming. Do you think that this is where Microsoft kind of needs to put their focus since apparently they don't want to focus on, you know, getting exclusives? No, because I mean, I think this is more of a back end, um, a back end arrangement, a deal like like to stabilize their infrastructure more so. Um, this this sound, I mean, it's it's gonna be impossible to judge the importance of this acquisition until you know many years from now. Mm-hmm. But this looks a lot like the PlayStation acquires Gaikai thing from many years ago. Oh but, yeah, yeah, which didn't turn into anything considering PlayStation now doesn't really do a whole heck of a lot as far as i mean it must do something if they keep it going and they you know but they don't talk about it ever so that that's what i think here um apparently some of playfab's current clients uh include disney nbc universal wizards of the coast nickelodeon bandai namco rovio of of angry birds fame and capcom uh, mostly used for mobile games apparently their services are also used to uh, to work for a bunch of a bunch of mobile games and a few other games, uh, most notably probably killing floor two, uh, which would be the one that most people would have heard of mm. on the list. So again, this, this seems like a backend infrastructure kind of deal just for Microsoft to kind of bolster their cloud services, their live services. Um, and it kind of ties into one of our next stories. Probably it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, it's it, it seems like Microsoft might be moving a little bit more towards the subscription model, maybe. And this would certainly support that. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, it's time for the Amazon read. Yes, folks, you know the drill. This is where we implore you to go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. For all of your purchasing needs, you don't pay anything extra and you give us a finder's fee. It is approximately 4%. So buy a lot. <laughs> That's www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. It is the easiest way to support us. That is a... Uh... That sounded a heck of a lot like when like Tommy Vitor does the ad reads for Crooked Media <laughs> to my John Lovett. <laughs> Crooked Media. <laughs> yes, I'm giving myself props like that. I'm fine. <laughs> Top stories. Banal, effective, but uninspiring. <laughs> <laughs> Top stories. Xbox Game Pass, the all-you-can-eat game subscription service for the Xbox One, will now include all games exclusive to the console the day of launch. That's right. All free games 
that are exclusive to Microsoft's Xbox One for the foreseeable future will be available. Such hits, soon to be hits. Essential hits. Essential hits. Like Sea of Thieves and Crackdown 3 and State of Decay 2, which probably will do pretty well. Is there an asterisk next to that Crackdown 3? I'm trying to see if there's an asterisk saying if this game actually ever comes out. <laughs> uh, Xbox Game Pass is $9.99 a month. It launched back in June with more than 100 game titles in its library and added more than 70 games since then from both Xbox One and Xbox 360's backlog. Uh, according to professional milk toast, Phil Spencer, we know our fans value having a variety of games to play at a low monthly cost. Uh, we also, we've also heard from fans that the ability to play new blockbuster games in Xbox Game Pass is important. We've also heard from our fans that we don't have any fucking games to play <laughs> that are exclusive to this console, which makes this buy, this purchase pretty goddamn stupid. Um, so look, if you so if you plan on getting Sea of Thieves and Crackdown three when they release, yeah, like an all pretty good deal because you because you pay for a year of 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 this service, yeah, and and you get those games in addition to whatever other game game Microsoft <laughs> come out with exclusive as well. A lot of people are are touting this like, oh, this is the beginning of the Netflix model or beyond the Netflix model because you'd be getting stuff day one. Like, oh, but this is the beginning of when, you know, games turn into a subscription service, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I don't agree with that because I don't think you'll ever see this drift into third parties. Not anything. No. Um, But when I read this story, there was another thought that popped in my head. It's actually a, a, a a quote, a movie quote from a, from one of the hallmark comedies of the uh, of the of the aughts, uh, Super Troopers, and that quote, Micah, is "Desperation is a stinky cologne." <laughs> I this, mean, this, this reeks of a bit of desperation to me. Yeah, man. Like, it, uh, pa- to, pa- to paper over what might be a difficult sales figures you know difficult sales figures from their big releases for 2018 yeah it's kind of sad actually um it's a good idea but like you said if if uh if things were if things were on and popping as the kids say um this idea would would never have seen the light of day and then you but all right, you're getting a little desperate. Like, let's make all of our exclusive t- exclusive titles day one. All right, that's that's great. Um, let's take a look at that list. And yeah, I can't I can't imagine that they're going to see the same revenue from that as they would if they just released the games separately. Well, they probably are worried that no one's going to play them. That's that. That's it's a especially for a crackdown. That's a fair. <laughs> um, and State of Decay Two is definitely. I'm sure Terrence is probably tickled by this. Like Terrence was probably thrilled about this news. Uh, currently being a Games Pass subscriber, and he will be for the next several months at least. 
So State of Decay 2 for free, he's loving it. Crackdown 3 for free, I mean, that's the price that he wanted to probably pay for that game. <laughs> so he's loving it. Sea of Thieves, he might actually play it now. Oh, he'll try it. He'll try anything for free. So Yeah, don't give him drugs. <laughs> he'll try anything for free. So, I mean, if you are an Xbox owner um, and you're already a Games Pass subscriber, it's a great deal. Uh, if you're not a Games Pass subscriber, certainly this might encourage you to uh, to check it out. Um, but again, I, to me, if you have confidence in your releases, you release the games and let them sell. You don't see Sony rolling out the, hey, the PlayStation Games Pass to play all of Sony's games because they know people will actually go out and buy their games. Yeah. Buy the games. <laughs> You imagine, hey, here's $10. You can play uh, God of War, Spider-Man, Detroit. Um, and all. like, right. Like, wait, what? Game all, you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then they're like, no, give us $240. And you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's like that's the first, like, so the first thing I thought it was like, wow, this is a, this is a bit of a desperate move. Maybe they're chumming the waters. Maybe they're seeing what'll happen um yeah uh, but but it but it certainly doesn't give me a lot of confidence about these three games that are coming out i can tell you that much no it doesn't i i, I wasn't excited for any of them and um yeah I, I just put the nail in the coffin right there man i whatever you know, I'm <laughs> pirate game zombie game and crackdown like i mean to, to be fair sea of thieves during the beta last weekend was apparently getting a lot of streaming traffic and a lot of people thought it looked really cool um but apparently like that game is pvp all the time like i like i heard an anecdote i think from andrea renee um how she was at like a merchant stand like trading in rec- like trading in goods to get stuff and someone killed her like someone just ran up and killed her and took her shit Nah, yo. <laughs> no. That's what she was like. She's like, that's how it's going to be all the time. She's like, mm-mm. I hate. No. Could you imagine? Could you imagine just like going into the local Walmart or Target or whatever and just buying your little knickknacks or whatever? And then some asshole just comes in and beats your brains in and then steals your stuff? At Walmart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not at, not at Target. <laughs> Retail establishment like like Target, I, could I imagine such a such a travesty happen? <laughs> you don't you don't see a people at Target Instagram feed, do you? No. <laughs> yeah, no. I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch that game if it's PvP all the time. I'm sitting at an auction board and all of a sudden people kill me. Like, nah, man. Um, the whole point is to chase him down, Mike, and get your shit back. Nah. No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You better have some PVE in that game. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, it's going to sink. Hell, just let there be a safe zone when you're shopping for shit. Right. Could you imagine <laughs> the whole game was the fucking dark zone? Right. Right. <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. A lot of hype behind that. Um, speaking of, well, I don't know if this has a lot of hype yet. Uh, certainly not anymore. Uh, Anthem, Bioware's action role-playing game, 
announced that E3 2017 is not going to come out until 2019. Um, apparently, the delay is a sign of increasing pressure on the Activision Arts Studio, Electronic Arts Studio, to come back with a big hit after the financial failure of Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, unidentified sources connected to the studio report that the fall 2018 window was never realistic and that they can't really delay the game beyond March 2019. Um, does this, what were your feelings on Anthem to begin with? So I was, I was ex. When, so, okay, so when the trailer first happened, I'm trying to remember back to when we did our E3 special. I was intrigued. Um, I was intrigued about the game. I certainly was hoping that it'd be good because I'm like, hey, I remember uh, the, my line was always, hey, if you if you took away from Mass Effect Andromeda for this game, then this game better be fucking stellar. Yeah. So I had hopes. Uh, and then, of course, like everybody else, the the Battlefront fiasco um, tempered those expectations somewhat not because of anything that bioware would be doing but because of ea getting their ea hands all over that game and this delay reeks of a holy shit we saw what happened with star wars battlefront we need to make sure that this doesn't fucking happen again (laughs) this would not surprise me at all if this was if this was more ea saying we have to go back to the drawing board and not Bioware, like, this game's not going to be ready in time for you guys. Now, the problem is, and this is always EA's problem, and it seems to affect EA more than it affects any other publisher, is they have these deadlines. And the reason that they that March 19 is, is thought to be, like, a hard stop date is because EA has to release this game in their fiscal year, where it will impact them negatively from a, from a shareholder standpoint, because it is their big tentpole game for 2018 Mm -hmm. and but when you do that you have the same problem that you ran into with fucking mass effect where you have this game that was supposed to come out in october got delayed into fall but it's got to come out in march studio rushes it out mass effect andromeda probably could have done with another four to six months of development time probably would have probably would have made that game a lot more successful but ea's got to get out in a certain amount of time because they have to they have to appease their shareholders and they have to have that revenue coming in. Whereas if they just let the game be developed naturally, you'd be a lot better off. Yeah. I mean, I hate, I hate having to rush art, but I understand that things are business, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sticky wicket, right? Because, I'm not trying to take the big corporate conglomerate that is the worst company in America's side here, but yeah, you now where's, where's the solution, right? Like, like, do you, should EA be investing in more games and spread themselves thin to try and cover, to try and cover their, it's like the reverse movie problem, right? Like you got a, you got a big tentpole release that you need to put out so that you can fund all your smaller games, or do you need a bunch of smaller games to do moderately well to give your big game time to be properly finished? We're not talking about a regular company that 
actually has to bean count and make sure that money's budgeted. We're talking about electronic fucking arts. We're talking about a company that went out and said, told their investors that the fact that they yanked the microtransactions at a Star Wars battlefront would not have a discernible impact on the amount of revenue that they expect on the, I'm sorry, the amount of profit that they expected to generate in the fiscal year for 2017. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, how can that be? They put this very elaborate microtransaction system in that they relied on because they're not paying, they're not charging for DLC for that game. So they of course were expecting to get a lot of money for these microtransactions. They turned them off completely. They're still not on, you know, two months after launch. And they say it's not going to have an impact on the profit because EA is such a large company. EA is such a big company. They get they get they get profit from including like exchange rate differences. Like EA makes a fuck ton of money just from the the fact that the dollar is weak. You know what I mean? Like like you know when money comes in from other countries and it gets converted to U.S. money, they'll make money on that shit. It, it might cover that might cover like a bunch of the profit from the Battlefront DLC that they're missing out. So that's that's the company we're talking about. So you can't sit here and tell me that EA. In the interest of getting the product out that's going to be the most successful, which, by the way, the most successful product is generally the one that makes you the most money in launch after the fact. Like, you can't tell me them waiting and eating some shit on the financial, on their bottom line, is going to be... It's not like Bioware is going to take, you know, three more years to get the game out. Like, that's not... We're not talking about, like, a visceral game situation, which which apparently... Is, is kind of what happened with that. Like, the, the ideal situation for Bioware would have been to never be acquired by EA and just have a have an arrangement that Visceral's had with EA for and, and that Bungie has with Activision, that they're a publishing partner that you know EA funds the publishing, that they fund the marketing for the game, and they and they share in the profits, but that they're not the ones that are driving the boat. Yeah. And I feel like the Bioware was probably a studio that could have done that. Like if Bioware had been, you know, acquired or been dealing with EA a few years later, that might have been something that could have happened. Possibly. Um, as it stands right now, I'm I am so afraid that Anthem is gonna be DOA when it comes out, just because EA's brand is getting more and more toxic as time goes on. And that's not gonna change this year, by the way, because mm-hmm. UFC is gonna be fucking bullshit and they're gonna have the same problems that Madden has every year, and FIFA is gonna be under more scrutiny now because of everything that's happened in the past the past several months when it comes out this year and EA's brand EA as a brand is not going to improve between now and the time that Anthem comes out and just having that little EA circle on the bottom of the box and then and on the splash screen when the game pops up is going to have a detrimental impact on Anthem before Anthem even hits people's playstations it doesn't it doesn't matter how good the game is people are going to be because we saw it with Mass Effect for different reasons, but we saw it with Mass Effect, and we're going to see it with every EA game that comes out from now on until they have proven themselves that everyone's going to be looking for a reason to shit on this game when it comes out. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm worried about. So I'm I'm afraid for Bioware. I, I am I am terrified for Bioware. I said in one of the one of the threads in our in our fan group that I'm I've kind of already written Bioware off because I don't think that this game is going to be as successful as EA needs it to be. And that worries me about the future of Bioware because this game has to be that successful. Because apparently you only get one aw shit, and then now your now your studio is on the line. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Um, especially thinking about where Bioware 
used to be, even for console releases, like, and you know, the PC people, they'll talk about Bioware in a different light. Like they, they hated when they hated, you know, the, uh, when Bioware first, you know, started making console games. So they knew for a while, but, um, yeah, it just sucks, man. Like you see, uh, I, I still I still occasionally play Dragon Age Origins, like because I really like that game, man. And, and now I look at it. I just realized I'm wearing my N7 T-shirt. I didn't realize that when I <laughs> when I went off the show today. Hey, man, you can be uh, you you're the you're the best kind of fan. You know, you're a fan, but you you don't have uh, rose colored glasses on. Like you can you can pick it apart and criticize it without flipping the fuck out. Like I said, I grenaded EA couple months ago and i will continue to because they right now they've shown that they absolutely positively deserve it so far yeah so we'll see what happens i'm i'm not i'm not bullish on anthem right now i'll still play it i'll still go in with uh with with high hopes but i'm not i'm not bullish yeah what are we on time? Terrific. Excellent. So that's that's it for the video game coverage, guys. We told you it was a short fucking week. Well, there is something we can talk about if we're running uh, too short. Like, I'd like Why to give not? people an hour, but... Why not? We're, call- we're calling an audible. Let's do it. Calling an audible? All right. Well, as you know, Brad, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> and as a hypocrite... <laughs> I am the see where this is going. I am the type of person that says one thing and does the complete opposite. And in this case, I bought Dragon Ball. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> what it? I asked Terrence. I said, "Is it worth a buy?" Oh my god! He was like, "He likes it, but if you're in the fast fighting games, uh, fast paced fighting games." You probably would stay away. And I didn't see that second part. I just don't know where you really like it. So I was like, all right, that's all I need. I mean, I'm not surprised. I wish I could say that I was, but I'm not. It's going to delight me when you invest, I don't know, how many, how many hours did you put into the most recent uh, Marvel vs. Capcom? Um... Would you say ballpark estimate? Ballpark estimate. How long was the story mode? I would imagine five hours tops. About five and a half hours tops. Ooh, okay, so so I'll, I'll give you ten for Dragon Ball Fighters. Sorry, for Dragon Ball Fighters. Before you retreat back into the welcoming bosom of Street Fighter Five. Oh, Which- I'm... I'm- <laughs> I'm I'm look I am I am the type of person like I like fighting games but I I just don't have the time the skill the hand eye coordination the mental dexterity to be good in them so it is not going to replace street fighter oh no it's not going to replace street fighter at all but I do suffer from FOMO fear of missing out that we know and uh, I see people, I'm, I'm looking at all these reviews and I'm like, from like people that I trust, like not just randos. And they're like, yeah, this is really good. Like, I'm not even into this, but it plays well. 
and it does play well. It um, it's it's weird that you can't like turn auto combos off, but um, I I like the way it plays. I like the way it plays better than any other Arc System Works game, just because it's it's got that simple to play, hard to master thing go, going on. And um, while everyone does look the same, like they really do. Like they really do, guys. They really, really do. Like, why are there three different versions of Gohan? And like, 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 like they all look like offshoots of Goku. And there are like two Vegetas and two Gokus, and I, 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 I don't know who these fucking people are. But I, I use, like. I use, I use Vegeta because I know who that is, and I use. Um, uh, uh, the the green guy, uh, Cell, and I don't know who else I would pick. I, I sometimes I use the guy with the with the three eyes, the Triclops, and sometimes I use the Jackie Chan dude. And like I, I, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it's fun. There's a couple of issues that I have with it. One, they they don't have like a tradition. Like when you boot up the game you get automatically, you have to go into a lobby of like 64 people. Every time? Every time. I mean, you can go into an offline lobby, but they, they try to log you into a lobby first. No matter what. Like, you know, That's you why have, you're not going to play this game because you're not going to go online with people because you're going to go online and you're going to get your ass handed to you. I, I have. Fucking sucks. I have. I've gone online and it's very difficult to get a game. Uh, I've gone online and one of two things happened. I go online and I get a stable connection and I get my ass handed to me because I suck at this stuff. Or I go online and I'm doing okay and somebody disconnects. And it's like, oh, all right, well, fuck you too. So basically they didn't look at what happened with Street Fighter V at launch at all. No, that's the thing. This game is is I mean it's fully featured, right? No, I'm talking about the way as far as the way the online. The online isn't like I see I see people get matches. I don't know, maybe it's me. But I see people get matches. But I, I don't know. So yes, I'm a hypocrite. And if you want to uh if you're feeling bad about yourself and you need somebody to beat up on, go holla at your boy. And you can uh, you can beat up on me. Act fast because Mike is, Mike is only going to be playing this for like two weeks before. He... Uh, the city comes out tomorrow, so I might not be playing it by the time you hear this. Sorry. <laughs> and of course, he's an idiot. He bought it digitally, so he just kind of. Oh, of course, of course. Good job. Um, <laughs> terrible. So, so so ends the video game portion of our podcast. Um, for those of you that are not sticking around for a wrestling talk, uh, just a reminder, make sure you join our fan group, densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Apparently, it's super easy to do now in the Apple Podcast app, but leave us a five-star review there. We will read it on the air if you do. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at densepixels. Uh, subscribe to the show on whatever podcatcher you use. And of course, we are all on Twitch TV. We have a main show account, Dense Pixels. We have me at Dense Pixels, Brad. Micah is Dense Black Nerd. Terrence is Apparition 410. And our friend Carrie is Suppets Carrie.
So like I said, for those of you that uh, are just here for the video game talk, we'll see you next week. Have a fantastic week. But for those of you who are waiting to hear our thoughts on the 2018 Royal Rumble, stay tuned for the Pixel Rumble. All right, so we partook in the WWE's 2018 Royal Rumble last night. And Micah, I have to tell you that this show was a very mixed bag. (laughs) The most mixed of bags that I can I can fucking tell you. Because you have two, I I will say one excellent Royal Rumble and one very good Royal Rumble. Two Royal Rumbles on the same show, and they're both good. And around that, you have a fantastic WWE Championship match, and then a lot of really confusing, bizarre decisions that were made <laughs> in a lot of these other matches on, on, on the card. And we're going to get to all of them. But I just wanted to, before we get started, to get your overall impressions on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Um, I enjoyed the men's Rumble. Um... The women's rumble, uh, I enjoyed, but uh, it, it needs some work. Um, we'll get to that because I have some theories, um, and and we'll talk about that when we get to that match. Um, the uh, like you said, the um, the one ma- the uh, championship match was pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm usually a sucker for a tag team match, and I don't really know what happened there on either um, yeah yeah um i i i was i was i was fine with it with the show the uh i'm i'm a i'm i'm a mark for a rumble man like i just i just love it so i i generally just like all that all that old sh- all that old shit just like i ain't even thinking about it anymore because uh, I I really enjoyed the two rumbles, but yeah, overall it was it wasn't uh, it was certainly wasn't the worst thing I've seen, but like I wasn't uh, I wasn't like yeah I wasn't as hype as uh, as that crowd was by the end of the night. That that crowd went through some ebbs and flows for for the most part. I, I will say I I was worried. Oh yeah, they were, they were of course in in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And and the, the we know we know the Philadelphia crowd sometimes has a tendency to let's let's face it just be assholes right the Philadelphians are are assholes by nature mm-hmm. and uh, and they did a pretty good job they did a pretty good job there's there's a couple of nits that will pick I don't know why they're bo- booing Maria Menounos I mean the yeah. woman had a brain tumor for Christ's sake Philly because the trash the garbage the refuse. They belong in a in a and not even in a recycle bin because the recycle bin is generally clean. What with the papers and all, no, they belong with the garbage. Terrible ass people, man. So, but, look, but you know what? For for the for the low bar that I set for the Philadelphia crowd, they cleared <laughs> that. They cleared that. They did that much at least. Um, before we get started, I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of the best wrestling matches that I've ever seen in my life uh, at, during NXT TakeOver. And I, of course, am referring to the NXT title match between Andrade, Cien Almas, and Johnny Gargano. 
Oh, okay. I haven't watched. Uh, oh, you haven't watched it yet? No. It is worth your time, sir. Excellent. It is worth your time. Watch that one, and then watch and and also watch the Adam Cole, uh, Alistair Black match, where you will see Adam Cole take one of the most like a cringe-inducing bumps that you've ever seen, and he did it on purpose. <laughs> he did it on purpose, and I and I was like, oh, I can't believe they made him take that bump. That's so bad. So uh, we will start with pre-show. Because uh, since Royal Rumble cards tend to be a little light because the Rumbles take up so much time, uh, the pre-show was actually of significance um, with the match they had on there. Uh, the first match, though, not as much. This was a six-man cruiserweight tag team battle. Uh, Kalisto, Grand Metalik, and Lince Dorado took on TJP, Gentleman Jack Gallagher, and Drew Gulak, a match that was probably slapped together at the last minute to cover for the fact that Enzo Amore is no longer a WWE superstar. Uh, news which pleases me to no end not not the circumstances behind it right I but the fact that it happened the fact uh, that you won't see him on television the, the fact the fact that yeah and, and you know what if i had as many dimes as enzo moore was collecting from the wwe right now i would have zero dimes <laughs> if, I, if i may say um i didn't pay too much attention to this match uh the coolest moment of the match is that uh there was, a, there was a moment where all three of the Lucha Libre stars were standing on top of the same turnbuckle, and they all simultaneously did moonsaults to the floor. Oh, three competitors in the match. That was pretty cool. Um, I like the, I like the, like, I like the wide ring posts um, that WWE rolled out about a year or so ago. Because not only do they look cool, because they have like video boards on them, so they can change the graphics, but since they're huge, they can do a, a few things that you could never really do before with the skinny, with the skinny ring posts. Yeah. So I, they, they've used them to, to good effect. Also, when someone rams their shoulder into them, it sounds like death, which is fantastic. Um, Kalisto wins the match with the Selena Del Sol. Not surprising. Uh, he pins TJP. This this match was just a holding pattern. Uh, 205 Live is getting a new GM uh, this Tuesday. And hopefully uh, hopefully some direction, because the, the one thing the Cruiserweight division has lacked since uh, since it's been in existence for the past year and a half is any kind of direction um, to tell a story. So. Yeah, like they, um, I remember they were doing the uh, the tournament or whatever it was, and I, I was super excited for it. And then all of a sudden, like, all right, now here's the actual show, and I just can't bring myself to care about anything about it because they're not they're not really telling stories; they're just matches. Yeah, like Which like, like the, the Enzo thing was the closest they came to coming up with a coherent storyline for anybody. I mean, it's weird though, because I, you know, I've I've been trying to watch a little bit of uh, Japanese wrestling. They don't tell stories; like they just do. They just have kick-ass matches. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's if it's uh, something that I'm doing subconsciously, or or because the wrestling is uh, in 205 Live is fine. I I don't know, but it doesn't. You're right. Like they need stories. So, uh, so that was that. Um, the next match on the card, I was super happy to see because listen, I watched Raw twenty five, and Raw twenty five was fine. It was what you'd expect that show to be, but the revival got kind of screwed <laughs> because they were put into a match with with Valor Club, um, and and with all the with DX and the NWO out at the ring. Well, really, just DX with Scott Hall, and uh, and they were meant to eat shit and, and it was done, you know, to pop the crowd that was there at the Manhattan center. So I was happy to see this rematch. Cause I wanted the, I wanted to see the revival in a real tag team match. 
Um, this is not quite as good as I've seen the revival. To to this day, I'm pretty sure that their match against DIY uh is the best tag team match that I've ever seen ever. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see them get to a point and and where they're you know going up against teams on a on a pay-per-view like the Usos or or like the New Day, where we can see that 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 come through again with them. Because I think the revival could be like your your like your next great long time like heel tag team in WWE. Okay. Yeah. Because those I, guys are never gonna be single stars. So I I know I didn't see uh I didn't see this or the uh the next match. I, I pretty much just skipped the pre-show. That's fine. Um the revival did get their win back. Um they they were working Carl Anderson's knee during the match and and they delivered a vicious chop block uh, and got the pinfall after that. So uh, finally, Bobby Roode, the new United States champion, came out uh, and dis- and is, start- is doing the glorious U.S. Open Challenge um, where he will take on any any and all comers for the United- his newly won United States title. Um, this time it was answered by Mojo Rawley. So they, they fought for the U.S. title. Um, Mojo Rawley as a heel is weird because he does the exact same bullshit that he did as a babyface, and how and I don't understand how they expect me to hate him when he has the best ring gear in WWE. <laughs> I hate our flag. <laughs> I hate our flag, man. I I just it, it just it screams designed by committee to me. Uh, that's because you're wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um. A decent match that was marred by a botched finish on a tornado glorious DDT. Um, Mojo Raleigh kind of sandbagged Bobby Roode a little bit. It looked bad, uh, but Bobby Roode picks up the win. And and we move on to the highlight of the night for Micah, and that is the Keith David voiceover introduction to the Royal Rumble 2018. I mean, if you want to get me excited for anything, you just put Keith David's voice describing what's about to happen (laughs) literally anything you can tell me i'm about to get a prostate exam and if keith david's voice is telling me about how this doctor is going to put their fingers up my asshole like i'm all for it maybe like yeah yeah (laughs) so they, they they kick it off now the one of the things that i think hurt them um is their match order did not do them any favors. No. And I, I think if you're going to have the women's rumble main event, the show, which is fine. Um, I think you got to kick it off with the men's rumble. Don't you? Cause, cause what you, cause what you did by having a few matches first and then the men's rumble in the middle of the show, and then two more matches after that, before you get to the main event, is it killed the crowd for the, for the two matches in between the rumble? Yeah, for the two rumbles. So I, I think they would have been better served leading the show off with the men's rumble, going through the four matches on the undercard, and then having the women's rumble. That's what I would have done if it were me. Yeah. Um, but instead, we get we lead off with the the a handicap match for the WWE Championship as AJ Styles takes on me and Cam working <laughs> together, or sorry, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, working together in a handicap match and if Sa- and Kevin and Sammy won they were going to they were going to declare themselves co-WWE champions invoking the free work rule to defend the WWE title <laughs> I suppose um 
the story leading up to this match was interesting because they were sowing seeds of of dissension between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Um and and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had somewhat had their way with AJ Styles uh in the lead up to this going in. Uh and early in the match, they did a wonderful job tagging frequently, often unnecessarily, <laughs> just to show off their uh their 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 huge advantage that they had against AJ Styles in this match. These two are a fucking trip, and uh, they put on a they, <laughs> they put on a good show, man. Like I gotta tell you, two- I gotta tell you, Sami Zayn for the most part has not done too much for me since he's been in WWE. Yeah, but heel Sami Zayn, yeah, <laughs> I am all about because that dude knows how to turn the obnoxiousness up to eleven. Yeah, man, like. He's like, um, he's like your, if Kevin Owens is like your super villain, like Sami Zayn is like the super villain. If, if Kevin Owens is Jafar, Sami Zayn is Iago. You know what I mean? And it's, it's subtle stuff. Like, like it's, it's, it's how he walks with <laughs> a little bit more swagger to his entrance. When he dances out, <laughs> when he dances out to the theme and just the, like the little expressions on his face when he's talking or when he's listening to someone talk and that kind of stuff. Like that's, he, he does that very well. And, uh, and I never would have thought that I'd see it from him because like I said, he's such a sympathetic baby face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. Um, so, so Owens and Zane, they're kind of controlling the match. Right. And then all of a sudden Owens re aggravates a knee injury that he suffered against AJ styles the previous week on SmackDown. Um, so he, so that, that sort of balances things out a little bit. It lets AJ kind of get back into the match because he's fighting primarily against Zane. Now there was a neat spot later on where Owens monkey flipped AJ styles out of the corner, but he, but when he flipped, he landed directly on Sami Zayn and took him down with a head scissors. That was very cool. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, AJ styles gets a calf crusher on Kevin Owens and his bad knee. But Kevin Owens is able to re- refrain from tapping out until Sami Zayn makes the save. And then you get Sami Zayn eating a phenomenal forearm. But then Kevin Owens breaks up the pin. <laughs> so so they just can't get the job. AJ Styles can't get it done. So we get a spot here where Owens was in the match with Styles. And Owens is reaching out for a tag from Zayn. They made very certain to zoom in close on this on this tag. But but they missed. Like he he waved for the tag and he missed. And then AJ Styles rolls him back into. The, I'm sorry, it was the other way around. He had Zayn Zayn reach for the tag from Owens. Uh, AJ Styles launches Sami Zayn out of the ring. Kevin Owens comes in to attack him, gets ready to put you know put him up for the pop of power bomb. And AJ Styles reverses that into a roll up. One two three. He pins Kevin Owens uh, for the win. However, Kevin Owens, not the legal man in the match at the time that the pin happened, Kevin Owens screwed once again by poor officiating. (laughs) Unbelievable. And then his, and then his cries to Shane McMahon in the back room, of course, fell on deaf ears because the dastardly Shane McMahon attempting to screw over Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at any junction. Micah, this is ridiculous. (laughs) I love how you're speaking about uh, Kevin Owens the same way I speak about Doctor Doom. <laughs> <laughs> just, just this fucking villain, and it's like this villain is not getting his due. 
Um, I, mean, I mean, he lost the U.S. title because of malfeasance from referees. He's failed to regain the, or sorry, to to win the WWE title now because of malfeasance from referees. WWE needs to either get competent officials in these matches or or remedy the situation. <laughs> the only the only thing I can I can do is to reverse the decision and award the WWE title to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. But barring that, they deserve some sort of a rematch, which I'm sure they will get in some fashion at Fastlane. Or fast back or fast pass or whatever, whatever that paper. <laughs> so we haven't heard the last of this story, I guarantee. What did you think of this match, Micah? It was it was, they. I think they. I thought they played it pretty well. It's tough to do a handicap match and still make both sides look very good. But I feel like that they they told a good story uh, in allowing AJ Styles to still look very good in this match. Yeah, I, I had fun with this match. It was uh, it was a. Uh... It was fun. It was funny. And, and like you said, it was, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. And it told a story, um, in the ring. And that's what I love, right? Like, that's what we all love, right? Like, that's what we want on. That's one of the things we want in our performers, right? It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> I'm watching it now. It was funny. It was great. Like you and, uh, you and Cami Zane are, are really good together. And like I said, I feel like they're going to, they're going to, Break, pull the trigger on that breakup way too soon. They really, they really should. Oh yeah, I hope they don't, man. <laughs> I really hope they don't. Uh, next up, a two out of three falls match uh, for the WWE SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. This is the Usos defending against Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Of course, a few weeks prior, uh, Gable and Benjamin getting a title shot on SmackDown. They they won the match. Uh, but the referee restarted the match after I think it was a he missed a tag if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, restarted the restarted the match after he realized that uh, he that they had the wrong USO in the ring, and then the USOs came back and win. Uh, Chad Gable complained to Daniel Bryan saying, "Hey, you know what? Do we got to beat these guys twice in the same night in order to to win the titles." And Daniel Bryan said, "Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go ahead and do a two out of three falls match at the Royal Rumble." So, um. I really like Chad Gable, Micah, and I think I think his ceiling is is uh, Chris Benoit if he can figure out a gimmick that that endears him to the fans. Hmm. I, I think that if you ever do like a four horseman like stable, I think he's your Tully Blanchard. I think he's the guy you want to plug in as the young up and comer. Hmm. Fantastic. And look, I was a little peeved when they broke up American Alpha so soon. Yeah, I, I was too, man. I, I actually really, really liked those two as a as a team. Well, and, and I get why they did it because they saw they saw a bright future with Jason Jordan. And and to be fair, Jason Jordan has been certainly making the most of his opportunity. He's doing exactly what he's there to do. Right on Raw. Um, but I think that Chad Gable honestly has the higher ceiling between between the two guys. And uh, I wonder I wonder if the the way that this match ended is designed to accelerate him getting you know getting a singles run we'll see um i look i enjoy the simple things when it comes to professional wrestling mm-hmm. and if you work a body part i'm gonna love your match <laughs> <laughs> and gable and benjamin took a knee of one of the uso brothers and they started working on it early on in the match yeah and then they were working that knee uh chad gable really good at throwing suplexes <laughs> and this was an interesting battle because normally in two out of three falls matches, the first fall or two tends to come quicker than it would 
in your average match. And then usually the third one is the one that's drawn in. Yeah. Well, in this match, it took a long time to get to that first pinfall. And I'm talking about every little, you know, every, every offense, Gable and Benjamin, you know, throwing every suplex and big move they can, can't get a pin, can't get a pin. There's a lot of near falls. The Usos, I mean, shit, they hit Gable with the super kick splash combo. Usually good for a three count. He kicks out. They had the crowd hanging. It was pretty good. Um, the Usos finally get the first pinfall after after a simultaneous super kick on Chad Gable. So that's that's, that's done. Mm-hmm. But Gable and Benjamin come out on the offense. They come out. They they hit their doomsday device power bomb on the on the floor on one of the Uso brothers. So you think like I thought I thought they would just let them outside the ring and let them get counted out. Like that's what I would have done. Yeah. In that spot personally. But uh what happens here though is that later in the match, Shelton Benjamin gets caught in a innocuous looking roll-up. Doesn't look like it looks like a traditional run-the-mill roll-up. Gable's late getting there, and one, two, three, the Usos retain in straight falls in a two out of three falls match. Yeah, that's I can't I can't remember the last time that happened. I can't remember the last time that happened, and it's never a good finish. No. <laughs> question if that's a botch. Yeah. Like at first I thought maybe these guys forget because like you said, it took a while for that first fall. And I'm like, maybe these guys forgot that they're in a two out of three falls match. Right. Like maybe they thought this was just a thing. And then the ref came to him and was like, Hey, you know, we, we need this first fall pretty quick. And then I guess they were, I guess, you know, the ref got word that they were running long. So, Maybe they told him, hey, look, we got to hurry up and end this because, you know, we, we still got these fucking rumbles to do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because what you, what you do now effectively is you kind of you, you put the kibosh on this feud. Yeah. And, you know, Gable and Benjamin are out of the pictures. And again, perhaps that's on purpose. Perhaps, you know, Gable and Benjamin are going to are going to come to some sort of disagreement and split as a result of this. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see what the future holds, but I, I know that I remember when that, when the match ended that way, I was just kind of scratching my head Yeah, and I, and I, and I didn't think, uh, I didn't think that was a smart way to end that match. So, uh, but the Usos retain, um, and we move on to the first of our two Royal Rumbles and it is the men's Royal Rumble kicking things off uh, on commentary. We have Jerry, the King Lawler joining the, uh, the broadcast team. Wearing his uh, traditional outfit from back when, instead of, instead of a you know like an affliction T-shirt, which I'm totally fine with. Yeah, thank um, you. Um, I really miss uh, Jerry Lawler's commentary. It's not the best, but I hate Booker T's commentary. Like I hate it. Well, good news for you, Micah. Breaking news from WWE: Booker T out as the third man in the Monday Night Raw booth from here to forward. In is the one and only Jonathan Coachman. Oh, all right. Well, that's all. Oh, shit. That's all good then. It's a, it's a double win. They got they got a they got a terrific announcer back and they've retained the black eye ratio. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm getting kind of sick and tired of them just replacing one black guy for another black guy, Shelton Benjamin and uh and uh Jason Jordan, but um look, I'm fine with it. I'd rather have them replace one black guy with another black guy than no black guys. 
I feel like we really need that black perspective on the announce table. So they, uh, the fact that this was on the middle of the show made me scratch my head a little bit because I was thinking to myself, why would you put the men on first? Perhaps that the winner of the match is going to be someone that the fans are not going to approve of. <laughs> and and perhaps they want to make sure that they don't end the show much <laughs> like the last Royal Rumble in Philadelphia ended. With the winner getting mercilessly booed, despite the fact that he had his cousin, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, in the ring with him. So that might include me in a little bit to what might happen. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But we start with Rusev at number one. And on Rusev Day of all days, Rusev draws number one in the Royal Rumble. I can't believe it. And then Finn Balor, number two. And uh, and they have some they have some fun you know back and forth they're wrestling they're doing their thing, crowd is all about Rusev of course Rusev Day chance, going going nuts, uh your next man out is Rhino, gets a nice Philadelphia pop of course former ECW champion former ECW superstar, uh and then Baron Corbin comes down to a sea of booze Baron Corbin not liked, uh Baron Corbin of course one of the Iron Men of last year's Royal Rumble yeah if you recall yeah. I like Baron Corbin more than most people do. I, th- I think I think he's young. I think he's he's still rough around the edges, but I see a bright future for Baron Corbin. He, I think I, he's learning how to be a how to be an asshole heel. Yeah, I don't I don't mind Baron Corbin. I just I, he's one of those people that just kind of floats around. He does. I don't really know what he's like. They need to like they need him. This guy needs as much practice as he can in a story, as far as I'm concerned, and. He's got the he's got the size, right? Uh, he could he could be something. Give it time. Like I said, he's still he's still a young guy. Yeah. He's, um. He he tosses Rhino out for the first elimination, but then immediately gets eliminated by Finn Balor to the delight of the Philly crowd. And then he decides to take it out on both Balor and Rusev by pulling them out of the ring and and attacking them both on the outside and and leaving them laying. Um, now they went under the ropes, of course, so they're not eliminated from the match, but, uh, but the crowd did not like this. The only rumble I've ever seen an extended period of time where there's nobody in the ring whatsoever. I don't like that, by the way. Yeah. Well, it it works to what ended up happening. Yeah. This is why I give it a pass. Right. So (laughs) the next entrant is Heath Slater and on his way down the ramp, Baron Corbin is going up the ramp and he beats the shit out of Heath (laughs) Yo, I died laughing. So, so Heath Slater is 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 not able to make it to the ring quite yet. Number six is Elias <laughs> with a guitar in hand, and that's and that's why the ring is empty. So Elias can do his thing. Of course, on the way down to the ring, he waylays Heath Slater. He's still <laughs> to get back. So Elias comes in. He says that the countdown clock for the Royal Rumble is not going to start again until he finishes his song. So he starts singing his song. Of course, he's full of shit because the clock's running the entire time. And at number seven, we get our first surprise entrant of the Royal Rumble. And that, of course, is the NXT champion, Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, to, to a big pop from the crowd. Yeah. Uh, he also beats the shit out of Heath Slater on the way down to the ring. Yo, I was so happy that people would just pick it up on that. Like, <laughs> all right, fuck it. 
<laughs> it's like rubbing that rubbing that wooden thing when you're coming out to on stage at the Apollo. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, and, and again, of course, while Heath Slater's getting waylaid by everybody, he's got kids chance from the uh from the crowd. <laughs> um Al Austin and Elias, uh they they get going. Uh the next man out, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt takes time to hit Heath Slater on the way down to the ring as well. Heath Slater almost made it to the ring before Bray Wyatt knocked him down on the way. Uh, number nine, Big E, who 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 doesn't beat up on Heath Slater, but he does feed him pancakes to try to re- regenerate him and get him power on the way to get it back up in the ring. I believe uh, Johnny, our buddy Johnny, referred to them as titty pancakes. <laughs> well, I mean that's I mean, they do come from there, so that's for sure. So the so in in the Monday Night Flaw fan group, which is where we usually are during these pay per views, uh, we did a we did a Royal Rumble poll. And I had number 10. Now I knew, I knew that the, the guy that was going to get the number 10 entry, of course, was going to be Ty Dillinger. There's no way they're not going to do it. So I'm just like, I'm not thinking that I'm going to win. Well, Ty Dillinger's music plays at number 10. But there is no Ty Dillinger. <laughs> Instead, in the backstage area, Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn <laughs> are beating the shit. And Ty Dillinger, and then Kevin Owens goes tell Sami Zayn to go take his spot in the Rumble, and to run out there and go and go take Ty Dillinger's spot. Sami Zayn was like, moment, I got this, <laughs> and I was like, because I, I thought the same thing, right? I'm like, are they going to do the same thing that they did last year and have Ty Dillinger come out at number ten? Like, is that going to be his Kofi Kingston gimmick? Is just to always come out at ten? And I'm glad they didn't, man. I'm glad my expectations were subverted. I just think it's funny that I tried to manipulate my own Royal Rumble pool. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. So Seamus comes out at 11. And as Seamus gets in the ring, Heath Slater finally makes it in the ring. And then Heath Slater. Yeah, he throws Heath into the ring. Right, oh, Keith, okay, I missed, I missed that part. But Heath Slater threw Seamus out of the ring right like in two seconds and that eliminates him before slater gets eliminated by bray wyatt <laughs> so fantastic um so 12 is xavier woods uh 13 apollo cruz 14 was my pick for the rumble on record is picking him for the rumble shinsuke nakamura from smackdown uh he he does eventually eliminate Sami Zayn, by the way as well a little bit of justice because they in 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 intermingled with the AJ Styles feud was a feud with Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura as well between those two guys mm-hmm. on on SmackDown. Um, number six or no, sorry, number fifteen is Cesaro, um, who also didn't really make much of an impact. Him, him Sheamus, and Seth Rollins were never going to last long because they had a tag team match right after this. Yeah. Um, Kofi Kingston comes out at sixteen, so now the entire New Day is in the ring, and at seventeen. We have Jinder Mahal. Now, Jinder Mahal, of course, to a chorus of boos. And he took care of almost the entire New Day by himself. He threw out Xavier Woods. He managed to eliminate Big E. And he was about to eliminate Kofi Kingston. He throws Kofi Kingston over the top rope. However, Kofi lands with one foot on the supine Xavier Woods, who is still laying on the outside of the ring after being eliminated by Jinder Mahal. And the referees say Kofi Kingston is not eliminated yet. And then Big E comes in with the, with a with a platter of pancakes 
and slides it in on the floor, which also saves Kofi Kingston from being eliminated from the match. I uh, I always love the um, the Kofi thing. Um, this year, though, it, it, I felt my Malcolm, my inner Malcolm. Did you really like, see? Um, like, I I think they're at the point where they can't they they can't think of anything right wacky that he can do. So now they're just trying to make it funny. Right, right. I don't have a problem with this. I have a problem with what happened in the next Rumble. That's where my inner Malcolm was I got like. It. I got Yo, it. fuck this shit. <laughs> this was, I mean, because like, like, what do you, what do you do now, right? Like, I can't think of, and I said that last year. I can't think of another way that he can, that he can, be eliminated, but not be eliminated. And they did it. So now I'm curious as to what's going to happen next year. Well, it's, I mean, maybe this is where they drop it now, because like I said, now you can maybe get away with it. Yeah, without having to, without having people freaking out, um, and then and then eventually Kofi Kingston would come back and eliminate Jinder Mahal. So, so turn about being fair play. I can't remember who tossed out Kofi Kingston, um, but they were smart enough to throw him out the other side of the ring where New Day was not situated. Uh, Cien Almas, okay, tossed him out. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, look, common fucking sense, right? Like yeah. he's, he's about to toss him over there. He started by getting the throw him toward the one side. He's like, no way, that's not going to work. And he, the, <laughs> Courts. <laughs> so again, it's 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 the smallest stuff, but it's you know, I like it. Yeah, um, man. Like I, that's that's. I, I don't mean sidetrack. This is one of the reasons why I like the Royal Rumble, man. Like, like you pick up on little stuff like that, and you you know, it's it because all that shit is improv. You know what I mean for the most part. And it's like, huh? Nope, not gonna do that. What? Like, I don't know. It's funny. It's the little things that that make it that make it worth it. So 18, Seth Rollins, who looks like he had his wardrobe tailored by Guy Fieri. <laughs> um, 19, Woken Matt Hardy coming out. And uh, of course, heading right for Bray Wyatt. They get in each other's face. They work together to eliminate uh, Rusev, if I'm not mistaken. And then they they eliminate one another, like like they're you know grappling to the ropes and they both fall out of the ring. So they're they're both out of here. Uh, number 20, none other than John Cena. One of one of the favorites to the Rumble. Uh, got the reaction that you'd expect him to get from the uh, from the Philadelphia fans. Yeah. Uh, number 21, another surprise entrant, the Hurricane. <laughs> Stand back, Micah. There's a hurricane coming through. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Uh, a, a quickly passing hurricane. My yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, he he would attempt to choke slam John Cena, uh, and that ended about as well as the last time he attempted to choke slam a superstar in the Royal Rumble. Uh, uh, that was funny, man. I enjoyed it. It was cute. Uh, number twenty two was uh, Aiden English. I uh, did not know Aiden English had a theme. Uh, I mean, he kind of he does just because he has to, but he might as well just use Rusev's theme at this point. Yeah, <laughs> hard. Um, number 23, another surprise entry. It is Adam Cole, baby. As he comes out to the ring, heavily taped ribs, uh, gimmick infringement, stealing from DDP. <laughs> or sorry, be, rather being accompanied to the ring by taped ribs uh, after his brutal battle with Aleister Black from the previous night. Uh, but the crowd were happy to see him, of course. Uh, number 24, Randy Orton. 
uh, another Rumble favorite, the defending Rumble winner. Uh, number 25, Titus O'Neil. Number 26, one of my dark horse picks for the Rumble, the new Intercontinental Champion, The Miz. I've always liked The Miz, uh, even back uh, when he was like with that faux hawk teamed up with what's his name. Um, I was just a fan because I saw him on the real world and he seemed like he was serious about wanting to be a wrestler and to see his trajectory from, you know, some guy from Ohio to being the Miz is, I mean, for lack of a, like no pun intended, it's awesome. You know what I mean? Well, like I said, I didn't always like the Miz, um, but his last two years have been a revelation. Now, I don't think his ring work is the best, but there are more aspects to professional wrestling than just your ring work. And whatever he lacks there, it's like The Rock. Whatever he lacks there, he makes up for it with his mic skills. So he, of course, uh, beefing with Roman Reigns still. He just took the Intercontinental Championship away from Roman Reigns. Um, and eventually his end would come by he, – he hung around for a little while. Eventually his end would come through Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins teaming up to shield bomb him out of the ring into the Miztourage waiting on the outside. And then Roman Reigns would immediately turn his back on Seth Rollins and toss him out of the ring while they were celebrating – uh, to with a wink and a nod, basically. And Seth Rollins like, "Hey, you got me. What are you gonna do? You're still my buddy." So I, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I like when they do shit like that. Yeah. Um, number twenty-seven, a super surprise entrant, considering the recent news uh, of who this person might be signing with in the future. It ain't WWE, but he was here tonight. Rey Mysterio. I can't. I'm not gonna lie. I popped when I heard that. Booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap, son. Uh, he looks pretty good. Definitely better than uh, Fat Rey Mysterio that we got. Yeah, he looked real good, man. He's the, uh, he's the Krillin of wrestlers, man. Like, just a short little bald dude. But he, 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 he looked good, man. Uh, I buried the lead a little bit, or I got ahead of myself, because now Roman Reigns comes out at 28 um, to a sea of booze. Uh, John Cena memorial spot uh, of course John Cena never comes in early to a Royal Rumble neither does Roman Reigns apparently except for the one year where he forced to start at number one um, number 29 Goldust and number 30 the returning Dolph Ziggler um, I think that he would have been better used as the mystery opponent for Bobby Roode if that match wasn't on the pre-show yeah so he kind of wasted as the 30th Royal Rumble entrant but uh, yeah but that's fine. Um, lots of action in the ring. We get down to the final four of Balor. Well, actually, well, first, the final six was cool because you had Balor, Nakamura, and Reigns against Orton, John Cena, and Rey Mysterio. So you got old school versus new school, basically. They, they paired them up that way, like the three of them. You know, they, they all stood in separate corners. Um, they all paired up with one another. New school won this initial battle. Uh, Rey Mysterio was thrown out, I believe, by Roman Reigns. And then uh, Randy Orton was tossed, I believe, by Finn Balor. If uh, I reverse that. Okay. No, Rey Mysterio was tossed by Finn Balor. Roman Reigns was tossed by Shinsuke. No, no, no. I'm t- uh, who, was, who did Orton get tossed by? Orton got tossed by Roman Reigns, yes. Okay, so, so you got your final four. You got Balor, Reigns, Cena, and Nakamura. 
Um, this this is cool what they did here because for, well, first of all, this is the most this is the longest final four in a Royal Rumble that I can ever remember because these these four guys were going at it for a solid like seven or eight minutes. It felt like um, with no more entrants coming in, and they and they played this well because you have obviously Balor and Nakamura, the crowd firmly behind Reigns and Cena, you know, not the people they wanted to see fight. So what you had here, so you see like Reigns and and Cena would would get the other two guys out of the way, and then they would fight each other. And then, you know, Balor and Nakamura would come back. They would knock Cena and, and, and Reigns out of the way, and they would fight each other. And you could see the crowd alliance is drawn. Um, eventually, Cena gets eliminates Finn Balor. So Finn Balor goes Iron Man um, damn close to an hour in the match. Uh, very impressive Rumble debut. Yeah, man. Finn Balor coming in, coming in number two and making it to the final four. So you got Cena... And Roman Reigns versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and you had the feeling that one of the, either Cena or Reigns was going to win, and more likely it was going to be Roman Reigns, and that and that's fine. Um, so you see some battling going back and forth. The way that Cena gets out is that he was forced over the over the top to the apron, and Nakamura he he tried to shoulder butt Nakamura, but as he was doing so, Nakamura. Gracefully Nakamura away from him. That's the only <laughs> I can describe to do that. And then he runs up and Kinsasha's John Cena's face. John Cena falls to the floor. He is eliminated, and it is down to Roman Reigns versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And these two go at it for a little while. Um, eventually, like Nakamura goes for the goes for the Kinsasha, gets speared by Roman Reigns. Um, I think he also countered a spear at some point during this as well. But eventually Nakamura is able to throw out Reigns with authority. I, that, was not, that was not a, that was not a, uh, a, a mere, you know, you move out of the way and let him fly over the top rope. He threw Roman Reigns out of the yeah, ring. And Nakamura is your Royal Rumble winner. And in an interview with Re- Renee Young after the match, he chooses to fight AJ Styles at WrestleMania. For the WWE Championship, um, are we satisfied? I'm satisfied. It's one of the best rumbles that I can remember, and and I, <laughs> and I, I was surprised with the relative lack of surprise entrance. Yeah, but I think it worked in the favor of of this match because they were able to tell a lot of small stories within the match that worked really well. And again, this this final four and the way that they handled this final four made this rumble what it was yeah and they and they played on the crowd's emotions they knew and they they knew they wanted nakamura to win but you know you you had him up against cena and reigns you're like there's no way he's gonna get by both cena and reigns and he does he overcomes and and he was the one to eliminate both guys by the way it wasn't like that either one did any of the work for him yeah he was the one that did it and and it puts him over huge makes him look like a million bucks i i was someone who was not very uh, excited about Nakamura when he first got the WWE and for the first year and a half uh, from the survivor series match onward though, he's really shown me something. Like I said, the survivor series match for that he was involved in was the best I've ever seen uh, from him in WWE. And I think putting him against the guy that he has history with like AJ styles on this huge stage um, in this match is going to make, is going to do wonders for him uh, with the WWE universe and uh, and I look forward to it. 
it's going to be pretty great. I really hope it's the last match on the card. Probably won't be, knowing WWE. <laughs> but uh, it should be. And I think that would, I think it would be to their benefit to do that. Yeah. I'm super pumped, man. I'm I'm really excited. The Rumble itself was uh, pitch perfect for me. Uh, like you said, they they knew how to. For some reason, it felt paced properly. Like I, I don't know what it is, but sometimes Rumbles feel like incredibly long to me. Um, this one was great, man. Um, all the little all the little stories and it was funny. It was, it was, it had drama, like it, 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 it had excitement and the, the surprise entrance who were, who were there, like they were surprise entrance. Like there was only one really surprise entrance that like, I don't like when surprise entrants come in just to be like, Hey guys, it's me. Whoop! I just got thrown over. Like, like, nah, man, like it's cool to see these people, but you want to see them, you know, you want to see them, you want to see if they still got it. Um, I, I, I loved it, man. I, I, I thought it was great. I do too. Like I said, I, I thought it was a fantastic rumble. Uh, definitely the best match on the show for sure. Yeah. Um, but we, we still have three more matches to get to, so we'll move on. Uh, before we get there though, apparently KFC Colonel Ric Flair now a thing. <sighs> Poor Ric. Uh, 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 okay. They got they got Shawn Michaels last year. Now they're getting Ric Flair. Fuck I mean, it. at least Ric Flair is an old man, I guess. I guess. Um. So now we have Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan defending their Raw Tag Team Championships against the Bar. Now going into this match, Jason Jordan apparently has back injury. Uh, apparently, he can't really wrestle too much. Uh so the way they booked the match makes sense. So they and and the way the match was booked was that basically he refused to tag in when he finally did tag in. Uh, he tagged immediately back out, fading a head injury of some kind. It was basically, it was basically a handicap match with Seth Rollins against the bar. However, being right after this really fun rumble with a really satisfying finish for this crowd, you could hear a pin drop in the arena. The crowd was so gassed. And that's yeah. what I'm talking about with with the with the, the match order here. Yeah, this uh the overall the overall match suffered because of it, because it like, this is telling the story of, you know, Jason Jordan and him, like just being an asshole, right? Like just being a prick. And I mean, like the, the, the crowd just wasn't into it. Like I'm looking at it now and the the crowd just, they, they, there's nothing, there's nothing going on with them. They, and, like they couldn't even muster up booze for Jason Jordan. Right, <laughs> right. Who, Jason Jordan? <laughs> so, I mean, like the, the match was entirely uneventful. Um, the crowd was part of that. The the other part of it too, the match was just not very well booked here. I mean, we saw a handicap match earlier in the night that they did very well on, and this was not so much. Um, Seth Rollins eventually gets pinned uh, with the white noise elbow drop finisher, and the bar are your four time Raw tag team champions. And we what happens with Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan in the future. Yeah. See, they seem careening towards a WrestleMania match. I don't know if I that's a match I need to see. Honestly. Yeah, I, I mean I like what Jason Jordan's doing story wise, but um like who do you pair him with to tell this story? I mean it 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 would be Rollins. Right. Like, like, like 
he to, so to make this work, Jason Jordan has to do something very heelish and dickish and, and just cross the line with Seth yeah. Rollins. That's got to happen at this point. And he's got to win at WrestleMania too. That's the other thing. He's got he's got to win and he's got to do it in a heelish manner. Yeah. He's got to cheat. So, we'll see. I'm, all, I'm I'm fine with all that. But like at the same time, like it's weird because this pairing wasn't going to last anyway. You know what I mean? Like, well, it was it was a hot shot just because Dean Ambrose got hurt. So right. So I'm very curious <laughs> how this story of this, you know, the bratty bastard kid, the 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 Joffrey of the WWE, how it would have played out if Dean Ambrose didn't get hurt. Well, S- Samoa Joe would have been in that mix as well if that was yeah. so. Yeah. Well, We'll see, but right right now it's 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 in a weird spot for sure. Um, injuries being a part of that too, of course. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have uh, the Universal Championship match—a triple threat between Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, and Kane. I I would have been perfectly fine with this as being Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar one on one, even even though we already saw that match uh, just a few months ago. Yeah. I can't even remember like any spot that Kane did. Uh, he was he was there for one purpose and one purpose specifically, and that is to take the pinfall. That Braun Strowman did not have to eat a pin. Um, there was some. There were now. Now this match was just such a weird match. The crowd still hadn't quite recovered yet from from the Rumble, and they knew the women's Rumble was next, so they were they were conserving some of their energy. It was just booked in such a haphazard, bizarre manner. This mm-hmm. match was. Um, the highlight of the match easily was was Braun Strowman accidentally potatoing Brock Lesnar with a knee, and then immediately getting a receipt when Brock Lesnar punched him in the side of the head. Yeah, re- yeah, Brock Brock wasn't fucking around, man. <laughs> Which I find to be hysterical because Brock Lesnar is one of the stiffest motherfuckers there is. Well, but like I said, he got caught. He he got caught by a by a harsh knee from a young man who probably did it by accident. And he's like, "You gonna fucking knee me in the face, rookie?" Kabam! <laughs> right to the side of the head. The, the cameraman on the uh, on the left side of the ring, the entrance side of the ring, like from his perspective, like they kept showing it in slow mo of just fucking Brock, Brock just. Yeah, like I said, in, in hashtag shoot comments that aren't meant to be shoot comments. Michael Cole, Brock got him back. <laughs> so that was amazing. Um, so Braun Strowman, he 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 got he brought the lumber to the ring. He he brought some tables. Uh, Lesnar hitting the triple German suplex at one point on Braun Strowman. Uh, but it doesn't face him because he immediately picks up Brock Lesnar and slams him through one of these tables. And then Kane wiggles out of a power slam from Braun Strowman and shoves him through the table that he set up in the corner. And then he choke slammed him. Um, Lesnar would get offense on Kane. He would hit an F5. And then he would come, Bra- Braun Strowman would come up from behind him and German suplex Brock Lesnar. Um Lesnar would uh, get the upper hand eventually. He would F5 Braun Strowman on the floor through one of the announce tables and then throw the other announce table on top of him. We saw that spot in reverse uh, during the SummerSlam four-way matchup 
between these two guys, Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe, if you recall, where Braun Strowman buried Brock Lesnar under an announce table. I don't know if you remember that or not. Uh, I th- I do recall, yes. Yeah, I, at least it was. But it's it's funny because I mean, not funny, but stupid view. The announcers didn't make a callback to that because that's right. that would have you know you kind of needed that. You can't expect people to remember something that happened six months ago, right? Um, Kane would get an F5 on the announce table, which did not break quite at first, but it eventually did succumb to his weight. And then eventually, like, so Strowman, like, throws the table off him. He gets back into the ring. I don't remember how he was taken out of the match that allowed Brock Lesnar to F5 Kane onto a chair, and he would pin Kane to retain the universal title. When do you think the um, the Brock Lesnar uh, era uh, as champion will end? WrestleMania. I think it's pretty clear that they're that they're building towards something. Uh, whether that's the rumored Roman Reigns uh, win or not remains to be seen. But I feel like that it's it's building to a WrestleMania match. Yeah, I just I just I just miss people fighting for yeah. You know, I, I miss seeing the championship. Uh, he he, it definitely is a, a Hogan esque scenario right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're getting a title defense every couple of shows, basically. So it would be nice to see it back in. And, and I mean, because all, all that's happening is the Intercontinental title is being elevated to a extremely high plateau. And may, look, maybe that's maybe that's what they're trying to do, right? Maybe maybe they want, you know, the Intercontinental belt to be the, the title to be more than what it was. But I I don't know. What did, you, what did you think about this match? Because, like I said, I felt it was weirdly paced and didn't really tell much of a story. The um, I don't know. I'm I'm a little biased. Um, big dudes wrestling doesn't do a lot for me, just because I don't expect much out of them. Uh, and when they're there, in order for it to be entertaining for me, anyway. Is it's got to turn into like, you know, Godzilla fighting Mothra. You know what I mean? Like they have to have is there has to be carnage everywhere, and not every match featuring, you know, these super heavyweights are, are not super heavyweight, but like these really big heavyweights are like that. You know what I mean? Like it's fun to watch a big guy squash a little guy every now and again. And it's fun to watch these big dudes like wreak havoc all over the place, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. That's why. That's why I keep asking every every two months. When the hell is this Brock Lesnar thing going to be over? Because I, I just I kind of want it to be over. <laughs> like I get it. <laughs> I get it, Brock. And whoever beats Brock, man. I mean, they're gonna they're, 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 the 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 rocket that's gonna be on their back is gonna shoot to the moon. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I just at this point, I don't give a damn who it is, man. <laughs> like, I just want it to be over. Watch me, the Miz. Uh, you know what? Hilarious would that be? Uh, you know what? I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, our main event of the evening uh, is the ladies' Royal Rumble match. Um, you have Stephanie McMahon doing guest commentary. Ugh. You got uh, you didn't care for Stephanie McMahon's commentary. She I definitely did not had, care for it. She she had a few good moments. 
But for the most part, uh, I, I would agree with you. Uh, she was okay. Uh, Gra- Graves did a nice job covering for a lot of her deficiencies. Every time she said something, I just imagine one of those dudes saying, yeah, that's great, Steph. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to the match. Like, because what do you do, right? It's <laughs> so good in such a short amount of time. Yeah. As, as the sort of heelish commentator. And you can't like... Like the thing with Steph is you're not great, right? But you can't you can't correct her no. like like they do with Booker T. <laughs> like, I swear to God, man. Like I think Corey Graves and Booker T are gonna come to blows every time I watch uh uh, uh, uh those two like hear those two uh in their commentary. You can't do that with Steph. Just just, just over Booker T's irrational dislike of Jason Jordan. Right, right. <laughs> like, wait, Booker, n- none of this shit is making sense. None of what you said just made sense. What? <laughs> so your first two in the ring, and probably apropos, uh, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. Oh, my God. I was so, I was, look, I like Sasha. I don't need everything to, I don't need Sasha to be like in all the firsts. Like I knew she was going to be in the rumble, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't need her to be the first one. And you, you had to start off with two big stars here because this is the first women's Royal rumble. So you're not, you're not going to go in there with fucking not, not the shit on these two people, but you're not going to go with Lana matching up against like, Mandy Rose. No, but yeah. yeah, I'm looking at this list. Who else they? I don't know. I would rather I would rather Naomi started and not do what she ended up doing. Mm-hmm. But uh we'll get to that later. Uh they're they're joined eventually by Sarah Logan, uh, and then by Mandy Rose. And then the first of many surprise entrants for this Women's Royal Rumble, Lita, is back. I didn't think she could wrestle anymore. Me neither. I thought she like had some physical ailment. Yeah, that's what I said. My and my wife predicted her, um, and she was right. And Lita looked a step slow, but uh, still do she you know still do what she's there to do. So I wanted to talk about this before we got back into it. A lot of guest stars for this match. By my counts. Uh, if you don't count the NX, the two NXT wrestlers that they had, um, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They had nine. Uh, if you count Brie Bella and Nikki Bella, nine, nine to eleven, depending on your qualification of the Bella Twins. A special entrance at a thirty, and that's a lot. Yeah, and this would be. This would be an issue to me, except I am actually totally okay with the number of Attitude Era slash Ruthless, whatever fucking John Cena said, Era. Ruthless Aggression, that's what it's called. Um, Because this was kind of like a celebration of women's, of WWE women's wrestling up to this point. Yeah. And I think that a lot is made of your Charlotte flares and your Becky Lynch's and your Sasha banks and your Bailey's and your pages and stuff like that. And rightfully so, because they are 
they've done a lot to to really put the current women's product on the map for WWE. But I don't feel like enough credit is given to the best women wrestlers that were around before this era started because it does like like even though like Trish Stratus and Jacqueline and 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 um Lita and those wrestlers were forced to wrestle in that era just because that's how the chips fell they would have been every bit as good in this era as well and yeah. i feel like this royal rumble was wwe saying hey we appreciate what you guys did to get us to this point and and we want to celebrate everybody in this match and and some people say oh they could have used more nxt wrestlers in those spots and you could have and if you do the same thing again next year then maybe I'll have a bit of a qualm with it. But for this first year, for this first Women's Royal Rumble, I had zero problems with it whatsoever. And not only were they there, but many of them were given a chance to really shine in this match. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with the lineup. It was a great, like like you said, it was. I thought it was a great uh, tribute, something that you could do one time. And um, quite frankly, I expected it after seeing i I didn't see all of raw 25 but i did see like uh they had the hey let's pay tribute to all the women uh superstars that you know help pave the way i'm like all right well damn near all these women are probably going to be in the world Rumble. and they were right <laughs> <laughs> so it, it wasn't like it wasn't like a big you know like hey, look, this, this is this is better than having them like having like Lita come back for a for a run, right? Like an ill-fated run where yeah. you're forced to watch her wrestle full-length matches where it's very clear that she's lost a step. That that no one wants that. Right. But you can get her in the rumble. She can throw some twists of fate. She can she can throw a moonsault still on some uh, Yeah, barely. And well, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> like like and that was fine. Um so I thought I thought they did a good job booking that aspect of it and uh and and the crowd played along too for that matter which is which is good um so and lita got the first elimination uh she threw out mandy rose uh and she also got rid of uh, tamina by low bridging her over the top rope before she was tossed by becky lynch um we would eventually get uh number six would be Kyrie sane uh who is actually a replacement for alicia fox come to find out because alicia fox is a broken tailbone oh but uh, but Kyrie Sane was given a chance to show off a little bit, uh, throw some elbow drops, and and look pretty good. Big crowd favorite. Uh, Tamina comes in at seven. Uh, Dana Brooke came in at number eight. Uh, number nine, we have the returning Tori Wilson coming back into the match. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number ten, Sonya Deville. Number eleven, Liv Morgan. Uh, number twelve, a big crowd pop, uh, and I was happy to see it for Molly Holly. Uh, probably Man. one of the most underrated wrestlers in 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 the women's division. I flipped out when I saw Molly Holly come out there, and then I flipped out again when Molly Holly uh, started uh, wrestling. Like, holy shit, Molly Holly! I don't know how old you are, but you don't look a day over. You know the last da- the last time I saw you, you know twenty ten twenty years ago. Right. Uh, uh, she looked great. Uh, this opportunity to come out as Super Molly because you know Hurricane. Yeah, as a uh, Mighty Molly. I, I mean, you had the Hurricane, like you know. <laughs> um, yeah, she looked great. Uh, at thirteen, you had Lana, who got the correct reaction from the crowd. <laughs> um, 
And she all she was also getting picked on, if I recall, by Sonya Deville and Liv Morgan. And she kind of freaked out on him and started like slapping the shit out of him <laughs> as she was going. Like I, I thought, I thought for the little the little bit that she did, they they did book Lana very well in this match. Um, Michelle McCool came comes out for fourteen. Now Michelle McCool, I didn't really get to watch or do her thing because she came to prominence during that stretch of time where I wasn't really watching wrestling mm-hmm. too much. Um, but she came in clean in house. Yeah, she did. First of all, as soon as she gets in, I forgot she was that tall. Uh, she's very tall. Um, also the Philly crowd, you ain't shit. Why the fuck you chant Undertaker for Michelle McCool? I get that they're married. I understand that she's her own woman. Uh, the same reason they were chanting Rusev Day for Lana. That's that's a little different. <laughs> I know it is. I know it is. But at the same time, like I don't know. It's Philadelphia. And it's, it's, goes. it's like, but you, you just want us like you want us to know that you know that they're married. Oh, cool guys! Like, wait, you're so cool, right? right. If, if, if AJ Brooks had popped out, I'm sure he would have chanted CM Punk as well because you guys are just the coolest. <laughs> um, Ruby Riot uh, enters at 15. She would eventually eliminate Becky Lynch, uh, getting that rub. Uh, at number 16, Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, yo, I was not expecting that at all. I was not expecting that at all. And and again, she was she was just out there to yell "excuse me" and to get tossed out by all the women very quickly, and that was fine. I miss Vicky Guerrero very quickly and very gently. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes she did. Um, Carmella comes out at seventeen. I've I've really been enjoying what Carmella's been doing um, these past several months. I got to tell you, yeah. And uh, when she does eventually cash in that briefcase, which man, watch that shit happen at WrestleMania. Yeah, I was about to say, man. Yeah, well, like, so we'll talk about what happens after this match, but watch <laughs> that shit happen at, uh, at WrestleMania. And that would be the fucking just insane. Um, Natalia is your entrant at 18. Kelly Kelly is back. She is at 19. Um, Naomi comes out at 20. Uh, Jacqueline comes out at 21. Uh, so it, I don't remember at which point it happened. Um, oh, no, it happens a little bit after this. So Nia Jax comes out at 22. She, of course, starts wrecking shop mm-hmm. as soon as she gets in the ring, as you would expect. Um, she clears the ring. Now, Naomi gets to- gets tossed out by her and into into the arms of many of the women that had been eliminated that were standing on the outside. And so, and so they had Naomi do the Kofi Kingston, where she runs along the the barricade. She gets to a chair. She uses she has her feet on the chair. And she's crawling across the floor, and she gets to the ring steps to stay alive. And I know Malcolm and the Monday Night Flaw group had a problem with this. You apparently have a problem with this as well. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't. I don't want like all right, the Kofi Kingston thing. Right? It was. It was like holy shit. Right. That's going to be your thing now, right? Okay. If you want these women to be their own people, like don't just give them the same gimmicks that the guys use. And I mean, I hate to bring race into it, but not really. Like it, it just, it, it, I, I can, for some strange reason, I have it in my head that Vince McMahon is back there and he's like, yeah, they, 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 you know, they got that extra bone in their leg. They can, uh, you know, let her do. It. Like, I, I don't know, man. I just, it just feels weird. Like, I don't. I, Naomi is such a. She's more important than than doing the Kofi gimmick. 
I'm very afraid that that's going to be her thing now. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, the first guy that ever did the rumble save gimmick was actually John Morrison. So, yeah, I just, I just, it feels, it feels very contrived. It feels like, look, you got one job. Make sure you, you know, don't let your feet touch the floor and then immediately get eliminated. Like it would be one thing if the save actually meant something, but it doesn't. Right. It's just, it's just a fun, it's just a fun spot for the crowd to cheer before getting tossed on your way. Right. Like, like let the save, let the save mean something. Don't, don't. And that doesn't mean that she has to win. Just have her in the final. Right. Just have her, just have her in, just have her in there for, you know, a whole 30 seconds. Right. Before she gets tossed out after a save. Same thing with Kofi Kingston. Like the save doesn't really mean anything if you're just going to completely eliminate it. Like, all right, well, yeah, it really shows your athletic prowess. Yep. I, I, I don't know. So um, 23 um, is Ember Moon comes out with a heavily taped arm after what happened at during the previous night's uh, NXT takeover. Uh, she she throws down a little bit with uh, with Nia Jax, though. Um, I like Ember Moon. I think she's pretty cool. I, I still think she needs a bit more. Like like her like her gimmick is fine. Um, her in-ring gimmick is weird because she's just the woman that looks intense and kind of screams a lot yeah. while she's yeah. doing her thing. She's and then you, and then, like, and then she has a move. So yeah, she's like uh, Alicia Fox with talent, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, but they did make, they did put her over pretty big uh, during it, during takeover as far as being like really tough. Um, but she's, she's here tonight, uh, but she eventually is dispatched, not eliminated, but dispatched by Nia Jax. And finally, who is going to rid us of Nia Jax, Micah, but, Beth Phoenix, the Glamazon, returning uh, for a one-shot here. And she looks great. And uh, she goes one-on-one with Nia. And and she eventually does lift Nia on her shoulders, but does not eliminate her. Not able to eliminate her. Until her old her old uh, friend Natalia comes in. And they, they both shove Nia through the ropes, not, not over the top rope. And then Natalia turns on her and, and throws her out of the ring. Which we all saw coming, I'm pretty sure. Natalia's such a bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> like she, like, uh, I, she, she's a perfect heel for me because I hate her. Like, I really hate her. And like, uh, I'm being, I know I'm being worked, right? I have no, but I hate her to the point where I hate her in real life. <laughs> See, I don't hate her in real life. I do. I, I think she plays her character very well. She, she plays it uh, pitch perfect. Uh, number twenty-five is the is most people's pick for this match, including mine, and that was Asuka coming to the ring. Huge pop. Um, she would she would you know take care of a lot of the women. Uh, her and Ember Moon got to renew their their rivalry from from last year uh, with Ember hitting the Eclipse, uh, but eventually getting spilled out of the ring by Asuka very in a big way. Like she took a big old spill out of the top room. Yeah, she did. <laughs> very uh, very very cool looking. Uh, number 26, Mickey James. Uh, number 27 and 28, Nikki Bella and Brie Bella. I was uh I was surprised by Brie. I was too. I I like so Nikki, I Nikki, I wasn't too surprised about Brie Bella. I was shocked to see to see back. And then again, like the Philly crowd, see no suck. Like, all right, yo. Shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just and, and, and then the yes chance for Brie, which it's a little bit I mean, more. that's you know. 
a little bit more. And you know, I'll even give a I'll even give a pass to the Cena sucks thing, considering that they did. You know, he did propose to her at WrestleMania last year. Yeah. So it's it's more it's part it's more part of his wrestling persona that is, Michelle McCool's wrestling persona is not wife of the Undertaker. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I, I'll give a little bit of a, of a pass to that. Um, Bailey comes out at number twenty nine, and then at number thirty, little predictable, little predictable. Yeah. But uh, Trish Stratus to a huge, huge pop from the crowd, and uh, and look, she looked like a million bucks, man. Like they they made her look excellent. Yeah, they did. Um, eventually, so a lot of stuff's happened here. Trish is basically. You know, going in, she's wreaking havoc. She, you know, she gives the stratisfaction to Bailey, and she does the the double bulldog to uh, the Bella twins, and Sasha Banks get a stratisfaction, and then she gets a she goes she gets one on one confrontation with Nikki James and uh, Trish Stratus. You know, she she was holding up a seven, but that uh that that two was a little crooked, <laughs> got it close to uh. A certain part of the body that might have made Vince McMahon a little, uh, a little, a little nervous. <laughs> a little nervous. <laughs> so, uh, it was cool to see them renew, uh, renew their acquaintances. I guess we can say. Yeah. Uh, I eventually comes back in the ring and starts tearing it. And of course, we we have to get to a battle royal where we get more than just the gang up elimination of Nia Jax. Either she's got to win something at some point, or have someone take her out in in a, a solo fashion because i'm tired of the gang up yeah um yeah just old hat at this point but then sasha um, throws out bailey sasha banks healing it up a little bit in this match do you think uh, that was just uh do you think that was just like a one-off uh, i, I think it is a one-off for now i think i think that they are slowly sowing the seeds uh, for a, a Sasha Banks full heel turn, but I think again, I think you need to see something truly dastardly happen to trigger that. I enjoy heel. I enjoy heel Sasha the most. Um. So yeah, I, well, I think I think I think she is more comfortable in that role personally. Yeah, because I think she, I think that's what she wants to be. It's hard for her to be a good guy. Yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't come off well, and right. she has a very like hateable face <laughs> I, I if correct me if i'm wrong i believe it is her that eventually eliminates trish stratus as well uh tristra yeah yeah trish stratus gets eliminated by sasha the ire of the uh to the eye of the fans so your final four here sasha who started the match by the way number one uh asuka and brie and nikki bella an interesting final four for sure and sasha attempted to Use like she she knew that the only way that any of them could win is if they got rid of Oscar because Oscar was the was the was the odds on favorite and she was convincing the Bells to work together to gang up on Oscar and Sasha was talking some trash to Oscar mm-hmm. um and she set up Oscar in the corner for her double knee strike off the off the top rope but as she leapt in the air to deliver the double knees the Bell twins both grabbed her and flung her over the top rope to massive cheers. From the Philadelphia crowd, which I did not expect. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that heel that that heel act worked well enough that the that the Philly crowd turned on her over the course of one rumble. <laughs> so, so Sasha is your Iron Woman uh, at I think fifty five minutes, if I'm not mistaken, for her in this match. 
Yeah, fifty-four, forty-six. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the Bellas working together to try to eliminate Oscar. Um, eventually, Brie gets knocked onto the apron, and Nikki Bella incapacitates Oscar, and then turns around and delivers a forearm to her sister's face uh, to eliminate her from the match. Uh, terrible strategy on Nikki Bella's part, because what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. And then, uh, but but also probably setting up a total divas angle if I. Uh, <laughs> If I had to guess, or total Bella. <laughs> if I had to guess, um, so you get to, we get to the last two, and they get to the spot where both Asuka and Nikki go over the top rope to the apron, and they're fighting back and forth. Nikki hits Asuka, and Asuka played it pretty well because I thought for half a second that she might tumble, but then she kicks Nikki in the legs, kicks her legs out from under. Nikki Bella falls to the floor. Asuka is your winner of the inaugural Women's Royal Rumble. It is an all Japan affair. At the Royal Rumble, Micah. Yeah. And uh, and so what happens now, Asuka's in the ring. Uh, everyone's celebrating. Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss, both of whom were at, watching at ringside for this entire match, both come into the ring. And they're teasing it. Asuka, who's Asuka going to choose? Is she going to choose to fight Charlotte? Or is she going to choose to fight Alexa Bliss? And then all of a sudden, bad reputation hits the speakers and out walks Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, and she comes to the ring. She can't stop from smiling because I guess she's happy to be there. But, I mean, you need, you need to learn how to have a frowny face. Yeah, you got to learn how to look tough, man. Is that pro, is that pro wrestling? Um, <laughs> points to the WrestleMania sign, of course, the universal you know, symbol for I want to match at WrestleMania. And she tries to shake the hand of Asuka, who gives her the brush away. Nice moment for Asuka. Yeah, because who the fuck are you, bitch? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> goes out to the ring, ringside. She she walks into a stunned Stephanie McMahon and shakes her hand uh, reluctantly, points to the WrestleMania sign, and then she leaves. And that's how we go off the air. Now, I don't have any issues with Ronda Rousey coming to, and apparently she has signed a long term contract. She is now a pro wrestler, so this is not like a one off for publicity. Like Ronda Rousey is here. Mm-hmm. She is a WWE superstar. Um. I don't even have a problem with her getting a high profile match at WrestleMania because she's going to bring in eyeballs. And that's at the end of the day, that's what you need. Um, I do have an issue with doing this sequence at this moment, because you could have done this again, or you could have done this exact sequence on raw and it would have had the same effect. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, um, you, you do kind of, you do kind of it appears to undercut uh Oscar's you know victory like this is a momentous occasion right like this is the very first win like it's gonna go down in the history books, and while it doesn't like taint it 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 feels like someone's coming in and making it about themselves. I also don't have a problem with Ronda Rousey being here. Um, I'm very, very, cause uh, as we see, they need female talent to, if they, if they ever want to do this Royal Rumble thing again. So they need, uh, they need as much to, and look, Ronda Rousey's a name, man. Like it's, it's, you know, it, it's on ESPN, like not just the ESPN wrestling section. Like the shit is on like sports center. Ronda Rousey is in the WWE, right? And the fact that, like you said, she signed a long-term contract. I'm very, very curious to see 
how she's going to perform. Um, I don't remember Ronda Rousey talking much in UFC. Um, I, I wonder how her skills are going to translate. Um, I mean, give her a manager. Fine with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I wonder how her in work, her in ring work, is going to translate. I expect her to have, I expect her to have some sort of uh, some sort of manager until she can, until she feels more, until she can come down to the ring without smiling. I mean, alleged, allegedly, she's been training to be a wrestler for the last like six months or so, in addition to her actual combat experience. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about how she's going to do. Again, I just and and. Not only could you have had this moment, you could have essentially replayed Tyson versus Austin on Raw tonight. Because just imagine Alexa Bliss like comes up to like she's like I'm gonna fight, or imagine Oscar comes out tomorrow. They do the whole thing like who are you gonna choose? She's like I'm gonna fight Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship, and and Alexa can act like like Alexa 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 would like being like obviously scared but trying to hold it together and all this shit. And Charlotte Flair can then cut a promo on SmackDown and be like, yeah, like, like, of course, Oscar didn't want to fight me because I'm the queen and I'm, you know, I'm the best and this side of the other. Then you have Ronda Rousey come to the ring with like an entourage and they have a war of the words and she shoves Charlotte Flair and they're, they're separated, they're swarmed. And you have 20 years later, Tyson versus Austin, but this time it's, it's, it's the women doing it. And I think that would work really well. Yeah. And but instead of doing what you did here, which it, it because there's no point in using Ronda Rousey to, to be a surprise at the Royal Rumble if you didn't advertise her beforehand, because yeah. it's, it's not like you're getting the buy rates or not the buy rates, but it's not like you're getting the viewership on WWE Network for that. Right. If you don't announce it beforehand, if you don't plug it. Right. So that's how I feel about that. What do you, what do you think about the women's rumble overall? Um, overall, I thought it was good. Um, I, I don't, the men's rumble does this all the time, but I don't remember it being this egregious save for the Elias incident. I don't like when, uh, the wrestlers, um, you know, dip out of the ring themselves. I, you know, I, I, I understand that people are tired and, and, you know, you need, uh, you need space to do certain spots and stuff like that. But it, it was very, very noticeable. Like there was a lot of one-on-one action in this Royal Rumble, and um, I don't know. I just, I'm I'm not a fan of it, but you know that comes with uh, that comes with. And even Corey Graves at some point at at multiple points was like, I don't know why she's saving this person. Like, do they know the rules of the Rumble? And Steph was like, oh, Of course they know the rules. You misogynist asshole. Why wouldn't they know the rules? Um. <laughs> I, I thought it started slow, and, and the first half of it was uneven. I thought the second half was very good. And I thought the way the match ended was was cool. Um, I was, it was curious that they used the Bellas uh, to, to kind of be the final, the final entrance there. An interesting choice. I might have Trish Stratus hang around for the final four, honestly. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, but like I said, the first half a little inconsistent. Second half, I think, I, I think once like Nia Jax came out, I think things started to coalesce a little bit more. Um, yeah. and it ended well. And I thought, I thought for, I thought like I said, with with it being the tribute that it was to all the the superstars that came before, um, and highlighting the superstars of today, I think they did a good job of balancing that out. And uh, and it was a great 
first uh, rumble for the women, I think. And I, and the ending and the ending of the match was good. Again, the Rousey stuff notwithstanding. Um, I thought it was a solid, a solid, uh, a solid, sh- a solid uh, a match for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. the show entirely, if I had to letter grade it, would probably be a B minus because the rumbles were both very good, but everything else was very rough, save for the WWE championship match yeah that's exactly you you took the words right out of my mouth that that is the exact letter grade i would have given it a, a, a b minus it it uh i really enjoyed those rumbles but the uh individual matches i mean they felt like they felt a couple of them felt like pre-show matches you know just by you know the the, the circumstances surrounding the matches but you know, it was it was solid. I, I saw somebody. God, I hate I hate uh, I hate uh, internet wrestling fans, man. Like one guy was like, "Oh, is it safe to say that this is the worst Rumble ever?" Like, yo, every year's the worst Rumble ever. All right, fuck you, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I just can't stand it. Like, and look, I'm not like some hardcore like you know, and maybe that's my problem. But I have fun, man. I have fun. And I, I stayed up and watched the whole damn thing. And it ran, you know, usually these pay-per-views, they cut off at quarter to 11. Uh, especially if they start at 7. This lasted this lasted uh, well past 11 o'clock. And I stayed up for the whole thing, man. Like, I, I, I had fun with it. Yeah. Like I said, I thought, I thought the show as a whole was a little bit uneven. But the Rumble, I mean, the Rumbles are why you're there. Right. And they were both very good. So I, I, I think overall it was a success. And uh, like I said, we're on the road to WrestleMania now, so we'll see, we'll see where we go from here. Excellent. But uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed breaking it down with you, Micah. Uh, we'll be back doing this, of course, for WrestleMania in a couple months. I hope you guys all enjoyed this, though. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you.